Welcome to the Living the Dream Podcast with Curveball. If you believe, you can achieve. Hello and welcome to the first episode of the Living the Dream Podcast. I'm your host, Curveball, and today we have a very special interview. I am here with Ken Brand. He is an author, and actually he has a book coming out next week, so we're going to talk about that. Ken, thank you for joining me. Well, thanks so much for having me. Oh, no problem. And um, as we were talking before the show, you're the reason that I got this podcast up and running, so I feel like it's fitting to have you on as the first guest. Well, that's very, very nice of you. I, I, I'll, I'll take one one millionth of a percent of the credit for your show. All I did was uh, listen to you talk about some different great ideas you had, and, and I said, hey, go for it, and, and here we are. Absolutely. Um, let's get it kicked off by you telling us where you're from, where you're currently living, and anything else about your life that you may want people to know about. Okay, thank you. Um, I uh, spent most of my life, as you can tell from my accent, in America. I, most of that in uh, the U. in New York City. I really liked it there. But then in 2006, uh, my wife and I moved to Australia, where we're living now and where I'm talking to you from, thanks to the uh, fun technology of Zoom. Uh, we're, my wife and I are both American citizens and we're both Australian citizens. We really like both countries. We uh, love visiting the U.S. If it wasn't for the current pandemic, we would uh, visit more often, but uh, we're reluctant to get on an airplane, as, as you can understand. Uh, we met, you and I met uh, through uh, basically our, our common vision situation in some ways. Uh, we, we don't, neither of us have really good vision. Um, my vision situation is that I've had six eye operations throughout my life. I've had uh, two, a cataract operation in each eye, uh, detached retina in each eye, and two other operations. My vision has been a roller coaster uh, up and down throughout my life going from where I am now, which is about 2080 in my good eye, 2160 in my poor eye, uh, down to uh, many years of, of being legally blind. So I've gone back and forth between those two areas as a bit of a roller coaster, and that gives you some good insights into, into vision. I've not really wanted to discuss my vision until recently because most of the time I thought, well, you know, there's some prejudice against people with poor vision, uh, and I, I didn't want to lose out on any job opportunities or career opportunities, and I didn't want anybody feeling bad for me. So I just didn't discuss it and, and carried on as uh, best I could, which worked out pretty well. I had a good business career. I did a lot of stuff, but now I'm retired. And I thought, well, I've had some good stories that I've been telling people for a long time, and people seem to like them. I'm going to put them all down in a book and see what happens. So that's what I did. It's a book of, a, it's called Positive Vision, Enjoying 
The Adventures and Advantages of Poor Eyesight. It's a book full of, as the name says, full of adventures, different things I've done over time. Uh, worked as a, uh, a very little bit as a cowboy in Montana. I've spent time exploring caves. I've scuba dived. I've uh, was the parachute was the captain of my university parachuting team. So a bunch of different things like that, all focusing on vision aspects of those adventures. And then scattered in that are a bunch of different anecdotes about some of the advantages of poor vision. I'm not at all saying that poor vision is better than good vision. Obviously, good vision is, is the way to go if you have any choice and you should do everything possible to uh, protect your eyesight, protect your eyes, eye health, do everything your eye doctors recommend. But after a while, everybody's at a place where, all right, you've done all of that stuff. What do you do now? Well, I say, well, first, be grateful for whatever level of vision you have. Second, whatever you want to do, just give it a red hot go. Go for it. You know, and then uh, third, as you're, as you're going for it, just enjoy the adventure. Uh, laugh at the things that happen to you and uh, to enjoy the advantages. So, and the advantages can include all kinds of stuff. Now, I think some of the advantages of poor vision, again, good vision is better than poor vision, but you might as well be aware of and enjoy the, the advantages, which can include, could include longer life, you know, more adventure and discovery, greater creativity and imagination, better hand-eye coordination, balance and presentation skills, enhanced use of hearing, touch, smell and taste, plus just seeing the world as a, as a more beautiful place in terms of beauty, romance, racial harmony. So I think there's, there's all kinds of stuff in there. Absolutely. Um, you, you said that you were retired. Um, what did you do when you worked in the workforce? Were you a writer or what did you do? No, not I, although I, I did write a lot of uh, proposals and recommendations and uh, project plans and, and all kinds of strategies and things like that. I it was not a writer in the sense of, of writing books. You know, I wrote a couple of chapters and things, but not a writer like now. Uh, what I spent my career doing was information technology. I was a programmer. Uh, then I worked on, you know, managing programmers. Then I worked on IT strategies and conversions from system to system. After a while, I switched from that to information security, risk management, that type of thing, helping companies protect themselves from hackers and all the other problems you can have related to privacy and data security and risk. Uh, where I started off as a as a consultant and a penetration tester, which means you test the security of places by trying to break in. Uh, I led a firm and led major consulting projects for big and small companies around the world and really had a good time. I, I'm still in touch with lots of people in, uh, and clients in America and Europe and Australia and uh, it's it's it was it was a very nice career and I'm glad I had it and I still follow technology and information security but not nearly to the degree that I did when 
you know, it was my career. I, I read articles and stay in touch with friends and, <clears throat> excuse me. And then, of course, I, I very much enjoyed uh, getting together for an occasional lunch or coffee or beer with uh, many of my ex-colleagues whenever I, whenever it made sense. But uh, uh, that's been hampered, of course, by the uh, pandemic. Right. So what encouraged you to get into writing? Well, I, I just thought it would be fun, uh, fun to write the book. And it, it's been a slow project. Uh, it took me about two years, uh, but it was very off and on. You know, I'd write for a day, then I wouldn't write for a week. I'd, I'd write for a couple of weeks, then I wouldn't write for a month. And those gap times really helped because I would think of additional ideas, think of better ways to say things. You know, you always had it. I always had it in the back of my mind. And so that process of just slowly working on it, working on it and crafting it improved it a lot. The other thing that really helped a lot was, and I, I recommend this to anybody who's writing anything, this really worked well. When I thought I had written the book and I was very happy with the whole thing, I did a few things. One of them was I gave it to 10 friends and said, all right, what do you think? You know, even though we're friends, tell me what, what's good about it. But no, I don't even, I didn't even ask that. Tell me what needs to be improved. What should I take out? What should I rearrange? What should change? What should I correct? And out of those 10 friends, and they, they weren't writers or anything, they were just friends that I knew. Uh, and they were so, so helpful, so generous with their time. Some came back and it turns out they had really good ideas about rearranging the whole thing. You know, like put this chapter over here, take this out of this chapter, move it to this chapter, all that kind of stuff. Other friends were really good at wording. Other friends were really good at, copy proofing, you know, like all the stuff. If, you, if you're writing a book and you're reading it over and over to yourself and trying to edit it, you, you just stop noticing things. You know what you want to say and you don't notice on the page that you're repeating a word three times. It's just, it's really hard to, to freshly and objectively look at your own stuff. So all of that was really, really good. Got tons of good feedback. One of my friends who's actually in a bunch of the stories in the book he came back to me and his first set of, of things was he returned the book to me and all his notes were, that's me. That's me in this story. That's me in this story. That's really good. You know, I said, well, okay. I, I realized that, but you know, I would appreciate some actual suggestions too, you know? And so then he provided those as well. So that was really good. Uh, that worked out so well. I did it again with 10 different friends and it worked out just as well. So that was, that was excellent. And then I had read a tip. I read a lot of stuff about writing. And uh, one of the things was when you're, when you're done, when you think you're done, even though you love the entire book, you know, you've written it, you feel really close to it, figure out what 10% is you can just cut. What, what's the least interesting 10%, even though you think the whole thing is interesting. It's a very ruthless thing. But I did it anyway, and I think it really helps. Then, after all of that, I gave it to a professional editor, and I was expecting that, that, that she would be able to help improve things a lot, 
and she did. I was not surprised by that, but it was great to have it happen. Absolutely. Now, are you self-publishing your book or how's it going to be published? I am self-publishing. I did a lot of research into this and it, it looks like self-publishing is much more of a normal thing. The, the, the whole book industry has uh, been through a revolution over the last bunch of years with Amazon and, and the ease and cost of self-publishing going down and publishing houses consolidating and, and having a tough time. So self-publishing looked like the way to go. And I, I'm having the book it's coming out September 18th, 2020. 2020, of course, being a great year to have come out with any book about vision. Uh, the, the book will come out in hardcover, paperback, ebook, all different formats, including Kindle. And as a little while after that, I'm still working on the narration. It will come out as an audiobook, again, in, in all the different formats. Okay, do you have a website or something where people can look you up and get, get some more information on you? Because you got an interesting yes, story. Yes, I, I do. And uh, it's called, it's my name. It's kenbrandt.com. K-E-N-B-R-A-N-D-T.com. And uh, yes, please look there. It's got information about the book. It'll have book reviews. It has some book blurbs, little one or two sentence things that people write about the book. It has a, a, a gallery page which shows some illustrations and gives you some hints about what's in the book. So it's got all that kind of stuff. It's got some background on me. And soon it's going to have some very nice book reviews. And, you know, I'd like to have a link to this interview in there as well. And um is there anything else, any other projects that you're working on that people need to know about? Uh, not, not really. The, the vast majority of my time right now is spent on uh, trying to publicize the book and telling people about it. Uh, you know, all of that, of course, being via the Internet because you can't travel and do as many things as I'd like to be able to do at this point. Uh, but aside from that, you know, the kinds of stuff that I've been doing are, are things my wife and I like doing. You know, we, uh, you know, we, we again, impacted by the pandemic. But, you know, we like socializing. We like uh, going out to listen to music. We like listening to speakers. We like going to museums and going on long walks and exploring different places and travel. You know, all of that's limited right now, but we'll get back to it. Um, I like... Uh, we both like exercising, different types of exercise and stuff. I like uh, playing trumpet. I'm an amateur. I have to stress amateur trumpet player. I'm in two bands. Uh, they're on hold during the pandemic, but I'm on, in two bands, and that's a, really a lot of fun. So those are the kinds of things that, that we do. Do you guys have any music to where people can listen to or do you have any uh, social media links promoting your book and stuff like that that people can go to? Uh, on not, not really about the music, you know, that's sort of uh, informal and disorganized because, you know, they're amateur bands. Uh, one is a jazz band and we, we play, uh, our big thing is we play once a year um, we do a New Orleans style jazz parade here in Australia 
and that leads to a big picnic barbecue and the whole thing raises money to help feed the hungry and homeless. So it's, it's really fun and, and for a good cause. And you know, that's what we do. We're not, we're not like a professional band. Then the, the other band I'm in is, uh, is basically a, a, a protest marching uh, band and it, that's really fun. So we, we go in, we join parades and protests here in Melbourne that are for uh, good environmental causes and human rights causes. And that's really a lot of fun as well. So ne- neither band is running around looking for your standard type of gigs and, and, and things like that. So there, there, aren't, there aren't the same kind of websites that you would have if you were a professional band. But uh, the other part of the, the answer is uh, you'll be able to look on that website I just told you about, kenbrandt.com, and there will be links to uh, there's a social media and a, I mean, a, a Facebook and a LinkedIn and a Twitter link. So if you like any of those, you can look, you can follow posts about the book on those pages. Absolutely. Um, is there anything else that uh, we didn't cover that you would like to talk about? Any advice you would like to give any aspiring authors or writers out there? just really uh, what I mentioned before about, about going for it, you know, you'd be surprised about the benefits of, of asking your friends about your draft and, and put your energy into it. And, and not only put your energy into it, put your energy after you wrote it into publicizing your book. There's a lot of authors where, you know, it's a pretty solitary heads down activity writing a book and it's, a little counter to some people's personality to try to publicize their book. So it takes a little bit more effort. So hopefully people who are just starting to write will be thinking about, you know, reaching out and and trying to tell people about their book. So good luck to any aspiring authors out there. Go for it. All right, Kim. Well, I thank you for joining me. Good luck. And I look forward to reading your book. Thanks very much, and good luck with your show. I'm, I'm, I hope this, this means uh, this episode is a good start, and I'm sure you'll build and improve on this, and you'll become a legend. It'll go for years. For more information on the Living the Dream podcast, visit www.djcurveball.com. Until next time, stay focused on living the dream.